welcome to week seven of college football, along with the latest installment of the Man Cave Auto. And by now, if you don't know, I am your host, Greg. As we go through week seven, must watch football games, according to myself, the Man Cave Huddle. So let's not act like we want to front talk about some other games. I mean, look, there are some lookout games. And we're at the point in the season right now where games are wins and losses are going to determine whether or not the bowl game that you make. And there are some games that are very interesting. You have Michigan State at Wisconsin. Wisconsin is favored by 10 in this game, but it's only 10 points. What if Michigan State shows up with that defense and actually knocks off Wisconsin? That's a game changer. You have Washington State. You know, the Pac-12 this season is very wide open. It feels like there's nobody that has a grasp of that conference. And in saying that, it feels like all their games are going to be must-watch only because who's really nice? I mean, you have Washington State against Arizona State. That's a pickup game. A pick'em game, I should say. And they don't in Washington State, they don't have Minshew Mania. Gardner Minshew is on Jacksonville. And then let's look at Nebraska and Minnesota. Nebraska at home, they're favored by seven points. But Nebraska, to me, looks like the past couple of games and after the boat whooping they took to Ohio by Ohio State, that they're ready to take that step. And then talk about USC at Notre Dame. This goes back to the Pac-12. I mean, the Pac-12 is a pick'em game. USC, in certain stretches, looks like they can play with anybody. And then they go through these lows where it's like, my goodness, can you guys play with anybody? Notre Dame is picked by 11 at home. Homecoming, Saturday night. Me being a Notre Dame fan, you already know what time it is. I think Notre Dame's going to win that game. Washington at Arizona. Washington is favored at Arizona. I don't know a lot about those two teams or that game because I chose to research other games. But I will say this. It's something something fun to watch on Saturday night. But you know what? Let's talk about the games of interest here. Let's not talk about the peanut butter and jelly with no bread. Let's talk about the peanut butter with no jelly and some bread. We're Saturday, October 12th at 12 noon on Fox National. Not your FS1, your FS2, your Fox National. Meaning wherever you live and they got Fox, that's what channel you need to put it on. At the Cotton Bowl in in Dallas, Texas, will the number six ranked Oklahoma Sooners, who are 5-0 and picked to win this game by 11 points, will take on the 11th-ranked Texas Hook'em Longhorns, who come into this game ranked four and ones in the wins and loss column. Now, look, the Oklahoma Sooners, they score a TD in all 20 quarters to start the season. In every quarter, they score a TD this season, and that establishes a new record for Oklahoma. And that beats the previous record, which was 15 quarters in this 2000 season. And why do I say that? Last time they did that, they won a natty. National championship. 
I'm not saying Oklahoma's going to win a national championship, but those are the like those are the type of records that I like to see broken. Now this offense by Oklahoma, they're a juggernaut. I mean, they are high octane. They're averaging 53 points per game, 643 yards per game, which ranks first in the NCAA per play, per play. Play each time they snap the ball. They are averaging 10 yards a play. So that lets you know they're averaging 64 plays a game to be averaging 10 yards a play. That is first in the NCAA. Bama, who we all know is Alabama, coached by Nick Saban. They are second with 8.3 yards per play. Could you imagine that? Like every play that you pick on Oklahoma is a first down. For all my gamers, I mean, what is that like? Right? That is like unbelievable. But that's what you get here on the Man Cave Huddle. Retweet, forward on to whatever social media platform you're on. They don't get this everywhere else. You know what they don't get everywhere else? The senior quarterback who transferred, ironically, from Alabama to Oklahoma, Jalen Hurts. He is averaging 304 yards passing per game at a 75% clip. 14 touchdowns, two interceptions. And by the way, he's rushing for 100 yards a game with seven rush TDs. Think about that. You're getting 304 yards passing, 100 yards rushing out of one player. If you, I don't, I'm not saying who's going to win the Heisman Trophy Award, but I'll tell you this much. If Jalen Hurts shows up and blows up in this game, he's the front runner for the Heisman Trophy Award. Mark my words. Oklahoma, they might go a back-to-back and add another back to that and win three Heisman Trophy Awards in a row. Now, look, let's not talk about the Oklahoma Sooners and their offense and how much of a juggernaut they are. How about these Texas Longhorns? I mean, all time against Oklahoma, Texas, they're only 62, 47, and 5. So they kind of do have Oklahoma's number. And although the, the Sooners, they're averaging 53 points a game, the Longhorns, their offense, they're averaging 41 points a game. Now, since 2017, Texas has forced 56 turnovers. Now, off those 56 turnovers, Texas has scored 208 points off of those turnovers. Why do I say that? Because on the flip side, the Longhorns have allowed just 1.4 points per turnover. So you know what that leads me to believe? When the Longhorns get a turnover, they score touchdowns. When the Longhorns give the ball away, They rarely allow the other team to score points. That's something to be alerted to. Because if Oklahoma turns the ball over, the Longhorns are going to make them pay. Now, we talked about senior quarterback transfer Jalen Hurts on Oklahoma. Let's talk about junior quarterback Sam Ellinger. He's averaging 289 yards per game, 17 touchdowns, two interceptions, but In his last 18 games, Sam I.M. has accounted for 59 touchdowns, 
40 passing, 19 rushing. To me, in this game, it's going to come down to which quarterback on both of these great teams is going to play better. To me, I feel Jalen Hurts' pedigree coming from from Alabama, I'm sorry, playing and winning a national championship, playing and losing a national championship, playing and winning an SEC title game. I think although for most this is the Red River Red River rivalry, the shootout, the this and the that, for Jalen Hurts, he's thinking to himself, look, I've been here, I've done that. I think Jalen Hurts does what he does in this game. I don't know if they win by 11, but I do predict Oklahoma to win this game. Now, Saturday at October 12th at 7.30 p.m. ABC at Kinnick Stadium, Kinnick Stadium in Iowa City, Iowa, the 10th-ranked Nittany Lions who come into this season and in this game ranked 5-0, who are favored to win this game by three points, will be taking on the 17th-ranked Iowa Hawkeyes, who come into this game 4-1 on the season. Now look, in 28 meetings, Penn State, they have a 16-12 advantage, but the key is they've won the last five games against the Iowa Hawkeyes. Now, you want to talk about Penn State what are they going to do after losing McSorley, after losing Saquon Barkley? How could they rebuild? Well, look, this sophomore class, they are balling. With wide receiver K.J. Hamler, all sophomores, by the way, all sophomores right now that I'm talking about. Wide receiver K.J. Hamler, he only has a reception in all 18 games of his career. Let's talk about tight end Pat Freermuth. He has a reception in all but his first career game, meaning that they said, you know what? This first game, we're going to pause to give that reception to KJ. But in saying that, he has a reception in 17 games. And quarterback Sean Clifford, he's averaging 200 yards per game in his last five games. So what you have in this sophomore class is production and consistency. And those are the things that equal to greatness. And that's a product of winning. Now, this defense to support this sophomore starting cast, they're averaging five sacks a game, which actually leads the nation in sacks. I mean, think about it. Five sacks per game. Five and oh, do your math. The defense... They're only allowing seven points per game, which is second in the FBS, meaning it's only a touchdown. Could you imagine that? A touchdown. A touchdown. One touchdown per game of what the Nittany Lions are allowing. Now, look, as a team this season, they are 5-0 and on the Nittany Lions when leading after the third quarter. And they're 5-0 when scoring first. And if all of my diehard fans, which I know all of you are, last week in my week six Man Cave Huddle must-watches, I said regarding Auburn, they were 
prohibitive favorites to win when they score first. Well, who scored first? Florida. So, in this season, when Penn State scores first, they win. And they've not allowed a first quarter point. Not a point. Not one field goal. Not one touchdown. Not nothing all season long. And they've outscored their opponents 69-0. to So that leads me to believe Penn State, they hit the ground running. And if you don't watch out, they're going to blow up. Now, the Iowa Hawkeyes, look, they're 13-6 and all time when they're playing underneath the lights at home. And this game, obviously, being at 7.30, October 12th on, October 12th on ABC, that bodes well for them. And we talk about this defense by the Nittany Lions averaging seven points per game, which is second in the FBS. Well, you know what? The Iowa Hawkeyes, their defense, they're averaging nine points per game, which is third in the FBS. So this right now is letting, leading you to believe that this is going to be a defensive struggle. Now, the Hawkeyes, they've allowed five touchdowns all season. Pretty much only one touchdown per game. And and last week against Michigan, they allowed only their first rushing touchdown of the season. And you know when you play Michigan, what's game plan number one? Stop the run. And this defense, they're stingy. Only allowing 254 yards per game. But when you play in a game where you have one defense only letting up seven points per game, You got another defense only letting up nine points per game. These games usually come down to what? Turnovers, special teams, and field goal kickers. And it seems as though the Hawkeyes have one. And freshman kicker Keith Duncan, he's made 11 of 12 field goal attempts, 14 of 14 for his point after tries after a touchdown. But what's most important is that Keith has connected on all six of his kicks of at least 40 yards. So what that leads us to believe is that the Hawkeyes, they just need to get into his range and they know they can get points. And playing the Nittany Lions, points will be a premium. Although the Nittany Lions are picked to win this game by three, I think last week, Hawkeyes learned something about playing a little big boy ball and knowing what it takes to win when they lost at Michigan last week, I feel that Ohio, Ohio, Iowa, they pull off the upset and they actually beat the Nittany Lions. Now, let's go on to our third game, which to me, other than the Notre Dame game, is the best game of this weekend. And to my friend, my co-worker, my cohort, who was once a guest on the Man Cave Huddle. Go back and do your research. Sam, I am graphics extraordinaire. LSU Tigers Baton Rouge fan. Let's talk about this game, Sam, I am. Saturday, October 12th at 8 p.m. on ESPN at Tiger Stadium and Baton Rouge. Let's go, Louisiana. 
the seventh-ranked Florida Gators who come into this game with the 6-0 record will be taking on the fifth-ranked LSU Louisiana State University Tigers who are also undefeated at 5-0 and are picked to win this game by 13 points. It's going to be a tough game. SEC, Saturday night, down in Louisiana. But... And Florida boys, they got a couple things on their side. Let me explain. Florida leads this series all time, 33-29 and three ties. But the most intriguing point is in Baton Rouge, Florida, they're 17-16. and 16. So although this is an away game, this is a big game, the Florida boys, they're not scarred. They are not scarred. And when you look at this defense that the Gators are bringing in, they eat. Them Gators, they eat a lot. 15 takeaways in their last four games. 12 interceptions, which leads the nation and the only team in the country to have three, three interception games. Let me repeat that. They're the only team to have three Three interception games. They're ball hawks in that secondary. I'm going to get to LSU and why I think their offense is good. But this secondary is no joke. And it's defense. They're letting up nine and a half points per game. So they're not giving up a lot. Now with their redshirt junior quarterback, Kyle Trasick, who's taken over for Felipe Franks, who injured his ankle in the fourth quarter against the University of Kentucky, which was their third game of the season. You'd sit there and think, oh, man, this guy hasn't played. What what can he do? Look, Kyle has passed for 841 yards, six touchdowns. Boy could run two with two rushing touchdowns at a clip of 72% per game. And it's passed for two interceptions. Now, Kyle Trasic, Trasic, Kyle Trask, he could play. He's a good player. I don't know if he's good as Felipe Franks, but he hasn't had much of a slip-off when he's entered as a quarterback. Now, let's talk about these Tigers. Let's go Tigers. The Tigers of Louisiana State, they've won the their last Five of six games versus top 10 schools. So these games, although Florida has the edge, they are comfortable playing against teams that are ranked in the top five. Or I should say the top 10. My bad. Now look, their offense of Louisiana State, and this is weird saying this, but the offense of Louisiana State, they lead the country in 55 points per game. I mean, it's not even like saying it's just Louisiana. And we know how good traditionally LSU has been with their defense. You have a team playing college football averaging 55 points a game. Is that not the definition of a juggernaut? Now look. It all comes down to me for one player on LSU who's going to win this game. And who is that player? 
It is none only than senior quarterback Joe Burrow. Now, Burrow's in this game, he's going to either baptize or get baptized. He's going to baptize or get baptized in this game. Because he's going to either show them what's really good or they're going to let him know what's really good. Because Joe Burrow, he's leading the SEC with 385 yards passing per game. And if you don't think he's legit, in terms of LSU greatness, he has the most completions with 127, the most pass yards with 1,864 yards, the most TD yards with 20, TD yards, the most TDs with 22 through his first five games to start the season. So Joe Burrows is, in my eyes, a legit quarterback. And we talk about Justin Herbert at Oregon. We talk about Tua on Alabama. You need to throw in Justin Burrow because this kid is balling. He beat Texas and on an all-out blitz on the third down where they, all they needed was the first down to win the game. Throws a 60-yard touchdown pass. Stood in the pocket, willing to take the hit. I like players with heart. You know why? There's no algorithm. There's no quantitative way to measure heart. You either have it or you don't. They can't put it in you. They can't take it out. But when you see it, it's palpable. It's kind of like love. Now, there are a lot of schools that brag about being DBU. You got your Ohio States, you got your Florida Gators, and you got your LSU Tigers. They all brag about being DBU. Well, LSU, it looks like they found one. In number 24, freshman cornerback Derek Stingley, he leads the SEC with 10 pass defenses, which averages out to two per game, and he also has two interceptions. So this is the player that... Kyle Trasic or Trask, I keep saying Trasic, Trask needs to know where he is at all times on the field. But it's not only him. Number six junior linebacker Jacob Phillips, he's only fourth in the SEC with 40 tackles and has a forced fumble. So there are a couple of players on this LSU defense that are really balling. Coupled with this offense and what Joe Burrows is capable of doing. I mean, look, this seems to be an all-time classic. Last time I could remember both these, and when I say remember, both these teams were this highly ranked, had so much on the line entering the game, was when Tim Tebow was playing, and I think on the game-winning drive, he needed to run for like three consecutive fourth downs. This, this particular game is going to be very, very interesting. Who do I think wins this game? I believe that the defense and the secondary of Mr. Sterling is going to provide and produce the victory. Although that Mr. Trask has started a couple games and he has his feet under him, I just think that if and when LSU makes this a track meet, is Florida capable of keeping up 
They put up some points now, too. But I don't know if they're capable of keeping up with LSU. Now, I thank you for listening to this episode. At me, at Man Cave Huddle. If you have any discrepancies, you want to talk, you want to chop it up, you want to talk sports. Um, I've been debating on when I wanted to bust out and talk about some NFL football. I think I'm going to start that maybe next Saturday, talk about the games to watch for college. And then on Saturday, I'll record an episode for the NFL. Now, for my positive quote in this episode, all of you that are listening to my voice or within the realm of my voice right now, I want you to know that everything you want is waiting for you on the other side of consistency. That's a major, in the words of DJ Callen, that's a major key alert. Everything you want is waiting for you on the other side of consistency. Thank you for listening. And once again, but I'll see you, talk to you soon. Bye-bye, everybody.